Good. My privilege as Nathan says to bring a message to you today and I really hope that it encourages you this morning. The title of my message is Light in the Darkness and uh, you know I really believe that Jesus is our light that shines in the darkness and that's uh, the message that's going out this morning but it's a message that, that runs throughout our, our lives really that, uh, that Jesus placed his light into our lives and so it's not just an encouragement of Jesus being the light in our darkness but today we are the light shine in the darkness we are the hope as well and and I really believe that Jesus encourages us to be that light not to hide it away but to be that light on a hill and that's my encouragement to you today and I hope this word really lifts you and encourages you to what God can do in you and through you are you ready for God's word amen I want to ask you this question to start out with do you did you ever do uh, craft work in school or I think they call it design and technology. Do you remember that? Do you remember doing things like metal work or woodwork or needlework or, you know, those kind of things? You know, what did you enjoy? You know, if you're watching online, you know, put something up, up there. What did you like to do in school when it came to craft work and design and technology? Uh, were you any good at it? That's another question. I remember my kids coming back with some things that uh, weren't that great, to be fair, but we still encouraged them, you know, as, as parents, which is good. I remember doing pottery. Did you ever do pottery? I don't think they do pottery anymore, where you, uh, you, you know, you got a lump of clay and you had to make something with that. And I, I remember not, not being very good at that. I used to come out with all kinds of creations uh, in pottery. Well, I was reminded uh, of that this week. Uh, Jane and myself, last week, we went uh, away for a couple of days. It was Jane's birthday. She, uh, she turned uh, <coughs> And um, we went to um, one, <laughs> one of our favorite places, or Jane's, particularly Jane's favorite places, which is Haworth in Yorkshire. I don't know if you've ever been to Haworth, the cobbled stone, and uh, it's the, the place of the Bronte sisters, if you're into, into that kind of thing. But, uh, but Jane loves to, to go there. So we went there for a couple of days. We went to visit one of her favorite coffee shops, which is uh, Ten the Coffee House, which is a great coffee shop in Haworth, and uh, she loves to go there. She, she booked a table and everything to go last uh, Saturday, and we turned up on the Friday, and we walked past the coffee house, Ten the Coffee House, and there was this sign that the, the owner had put up saying that she, she wasn't open because she was isolating because of family uh, who'd got COVID, so she didn't get to go to her favorite coffee house, which is a shame, really. And she wondered why she didn't get a message because she'd spoken to the owner on, on the Facebook page of Ten the Coffee House. And uh, so she went onto Facebook to, to have a conversation to see if everything was okay. And, and she realized she'd booked the wrong Ten the Coffee House. It was one in Derby. So she'd not actually booked the right place, which, you know, I suppose when you turn, <coughs> you do things like that. You know. But anyway, we. <laughs> we found a different place which was was good as well it was a place called cobbles and clay in Haworth cobbles and clay which is a great coffee house great cake but it's also a place where you can actually paint pottery while you're having your coffee and a cake it's attached to a pottery and they bring out pots and things you know and you can actually paint that while you're having your coffee and your cake sounds exciting doesn't it we didn't do it, by the way, but we were watching some other people enjoying painting, painting pots. And it reminded me of my daughter, Amy and Nathaniel, who went to Centre Parks a few weeks ago, that they did a pottery class, painting pottery in Centre Parks, which was, they had a great time doing that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I share that story because I just want us to think about sort of clay and clay jars for a moment. And I want us to look at a story 
in, uh, in the Old Testament about a man called Gideon. And we won't turn to it this morning because it's, it's quite a long sort of passage to read, but it's in, in the book of Judges, chapters 6, 7 and 8. And I would encourage you to go and read the story of Gideon. If you've never, never read about Gideon, go and read it. It's a great, great story. And, uh, and I'm just going to summarize the story for you this morning. You know, Israel was, God's people was in one of those places, those really low moments in their history again where they had been disobeying God. You know, Israel were like that. They were very up and down in their relationship with God. They would find themselves in a place of disobedience. And at this moment where Gideon was, when Gideon was around, they were actually under the oppression of the Midianites, uh, a nation that was attacking Israel at the time. And as they would often do, uh, God's people, they, would, they cried out to God in this time and this moment. And, and God raised up a deliverer, this time in the most unlikely person, a farmer named Gideon. And the story goes that an angel of God visited Gideon and said that the Lord is with you, O mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, O mighty warrior. And Gideon must have looked over his shoulder at that point because he was anything but a mighty warrior. You know, he was a nobody, a weak farmer. He even said to the angel, I'm a nobody in a family of nobodies. I'm a nobody in a family of nobodies. My clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my clan. How can I save Israel? But he did not realize the potential within him, the power that God would release through him, this weak vessel. You know, and that's my story today. That's your story today that God can use us. When even we think we're at our weakest, God can come and just bring his strength and build us up and lift us up so that we can do all that he has for us. And you know, Gideon went through a, a, a period where he tested God. You know, God was calling him to save, you know, the people from the Midianites. And so Gideon tested God several times in his weakness. And finally, he agreed to lead an army against the Midianites. And selecting an army was the next test for him. I think God tested him. It was payback time for God, so God tested Gideon. So Gideon mustered an army of uh, 32,000 men. And God said, it's too big. The army is too big. So Gideon drew a line in the sand and he said, anyone who's afraid or doesn't want to fight with me today, you can go home. And 22,000 left him that day. 10,000 were left. And God says, still too many. And so he had to do another test where they had to drink water at a river and whoever didn't drink correctly had to leave him that day. And the army from 10,000 went down to 300 men. Just 300 men were going to fight the enemy with Gideon. So hilariously outnumbered, God would give them an incredible and amazing battle strategy, how they were going to defeat the Midianites. And we're going to go back to that story later because it's an amazing story. And I just want us to think about jars of clay for the moment. Jars of clay. There's a worship song that we used to sing. Uh, we've not sung for a while. It's a song called Broken Vessels. Emma in our Alpha group, she shared it with us the other day and, and I love the words from that song and it, it says this, it says, you take our failure, you take our weakness, you set your treasure in jars of clay, so take this heart Lord, I'll be your vessel, the world to see your life in me. And I love those words. I love that God takes pride in using broken vessels, ordinary people like you and, my, and me. And it's because of his amazing grace that our eyes are open to the fact that he wants to use us to do what only he can do so that people will see him through our lives. You know, this song is based on these verses from the Bible and 
We are going to turn to the Bible now. I know you've been waiting for us to do that. And it's uh, some verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Paul is writing, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. From verse 4, he says this, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I love that. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. What does it mean that we have treasure in jars of clay? What does it mean to have treasure in jars of clay? You know, the Bible is full of metaphors uh, that, we, that would have been better understood at the time when they were written. But for us today, not so understandable. We have to dig a little deeper into the context and the historical meaning. So metaphors like jars of clay aren't part of our modern day language. But this metaphor is particularly interesting to us because Paul uses it to illustrate who followers of Jesus are. You know, what is the context of 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7? Paul is writing to the Corinthian church and he's reminding them of the hope they have in Jesus. The hope they have. And you know, a very important distinction is being made as Paul explains how the hope that they have is different from the past, from Israel, from Moses. For believers during the time of Paul and today, you know, there's a veil that's been lifted from our eyes. The fullness of God's plan to redeem his people, to set us free, has come to pass in Jesus. Jesus is the light in the darkness. Jesus is the one that redeems us, that sets us free. And, and you know, in the beginning of this chapter, Paul is declaring the wonder of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, along with his mission to be light in the darkness. And all of this leads to this incredible statement about Christians being jars of clay that hold treasure which is the gospel, that treasure, which is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. You know, clay jars were containers created by skilled potters who, you know, took raw clay and shaped it and molded it as they desired and, and they baked the clay until it was hard. And then they painted it and glazed it and decorated jars, the jars for whatever purpose they had in mind. You know, in, in ancient times, thousands of years ago, sacred scrolls or valuable documents were rolled up and placed in jars of clay and hidden for safekeeping. I don't know if you've heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are old manuscripts of, of the Old Testament and other books written thousands of years ago. You know, they were kept in clay jars. And, you know, pottery jars could be be beautiful or just simply functional, but they had one thing in common. They were breakable. They were breakable. You know, the jars of clay could not hold the contents forever. So clay jars were just temporary holding places. And according to these verses in 2 Corinthians, we are like jars of clay with a, a treasure inside. And in the same way God spoke light into the darkness at creation, today he speaks light into the darkness of our hearts. He fills us with the light of his Holy Spirit. So we're able to see God's image in Jesus with greater clarity. You know, as he transforms into his image, becoming more like him. 
And you know, Paul explains, we are jars of clay, we're fragile, we're chipped, we're imperfect, as exactly as God designed us to be, so that others will see the all-surpassing power of God through our fractured and broken lives. Let me say that again, so that others will see the all-surpassing power of God through our fractured and broken lives. We stand as monuments of God's grace and we bear this inscription, I believe, within this earthen container, God is at work. Within this clay jar, God is at work. God is at work in our lives, in your life, in my life. And our weaknesses are a gift. You know, you're a God's jar of clay designed exactly the way he intended. In the places that you're weak, God is strong. In the places that I am weak, God is strong. And your weaknesses are an opportunity for God's light to shine even brighter within you. And I love that thought. God's light shining brighter within each and every one of us. You don't have to look good, thankfully. So stop trying. Just be who you are. A frail human designed by God to reveal his glory. I love that. Let's, I want to look at this treasure and these clays of jar in a bit bit more detail what is treasure to you what is treasure to you something of great value perhaps precious you know where you you want to keep it safe and Paul talks about a treasure being this treasure being inside of us and I love this picture of that treasure within us God has put treasure deep within each and every one of us Jesus in you the light of the world the good news of Jesus in each and every one of us the power of Jesus that resurrected him from the grave is the treasure that we hold it's the treasure within each and every one of us it truly is a treasure that God has entrusted to each one of us and the treasure is the good news of the gospel the good news of God displayed in Jesus, the one who reconciles us and sets us free to live this new life. God shows us, shows us that we most desperately need to live this abundant life. And you know, for me, the treasure is this, it's forgiveness. The treasure is forgiveness in order to start again in society that never forgives. A society that keeps score, but God is forgiveness. The treasure is forgiveness. You know, the treasure is generosity. We've heard it from Nathan this morning. The treasure is generosity that overwhelms our lack in society based on a scarcity, getting more for ourselves from a selfish society. Our treasure is generosity. The treasure is grace. The treasure is this amazing grace of Jesus that welcomes us in a society that at times is very ungracious to all but our own kind. You know, we're so ungracious, but the treasure that we hold is grace. And also the treasure is justice. The treasure is justice that protects the vulnerable, where we see so much injustice around us. We are people of justice. The treasure that we hold is justice. It is the old story of God's self-giving graciousness to us all and to all creation. That is the treasure. You know, what is important to put to the purpose of God is not the jar of clay on its own. Neither is it the treasure on its own, but it's the treasure inside the jar. Let me say that again. What's important to the purposes of God is not the jar of clay on its own. Neither is it the treasure on its own, but God's purpose is the treasure inside the jar and that's you and me God could do anything that he wants with it without us 
but he has chosen to do things through us by the power of Jesus in us. Let me say that again. God could do anything that he wants without us, but he has chosen to do things through us by the power of Jesus in us. And we have this treasure that's not meant to be hidden. It's a good news that's meant to be shared. Jesus said that, and I said at the beginning, that you are the light of the world. He said it in these verses in Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. The light of the gospel lived out in us. And I love that example. I love what Jesus said. And I love this example in Acts 3. It's Peter and John are going to pray and a lame man stops them and asks them for money. And this is what Peter said in Acts 3 verse 6. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. I love that simple story that it's not treasure, it's not silver or gold, but what he had was Jesus, the power of Jesus to, to heal him and to save him. And I love that thought that this treasure is salvation, it's healing, it's refreshing, it's restoring people's lives. And we can be that example and should be that example to others. So what about the clay jars? What about our lives? What about this metaphor of clay jars? Well, let's just go back to, to Gideon's story for a, a moment. Back in Judges chapter 7, poor Gideon is, is outnumbered a thousand to one. And here's Gideon's battle strategy. He's gathered his army of 300 and, and they've further been divided into three companies of 100 men each. And their weapons consist of a trumpet, a light or a lighted torch hidden inside a clay jar. A light hidden inside a clay jar. And then it says this, At night they encircled the enemy's camp. And at the signal, they blew their trumpets and broke the clay jars. Then the light of the torch shone brightly for the enemy to see. And as they did this, they gave a shout of attack and victory for the Lord and for Gideon. For the Lord and for Gideon. And when I read that story, I always want to say, and for Gondor too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a geek. That's Lord of the Rings fans, anybody. <laughs> but then, you know, the enemy, it says, was routed. And in confusion, they, they fought with each other. As, the, as they fled, Gideon called out for all of Israel to pursue the Midianites, and, which they did, and they drove the enemy out of this land. And it's an amazing story how God used those just 300 men to defeat the enemy. And I love this thought. And I, there's two important truths I just want to pick up from this story. And the first one is this. God works in our weaknesses. Let me say that again. God works in our weaknesses. Gideon, a weak, frail farmer. A jar of clay himself. I love this. He used a jar of clay to defeat the enemy. The irony of that, you know, just a, a weak man defeated an enemy with just a jar of clay. What an ironic lesson that a jar of clay used a jar of clay. God can use us as jars of clay for his glory. It's a great metaphor, but God does that. 
And the second truth is this, God's light is revealed in our brokenness. God's light is revealed in our brokenness. The jars of clay were broken to reveal the lighted torch that reflected the light. That was the treasure inside of those jars of clay. It caused the enemy to flee. You know, merely breaking the jar would be nothing, just a sound in the night. It was only when the jar was broken to reveal the light was there fear and confusion in the enemy camp. You know, the jar of clay was something to be broken in order for the treasure inside to be revealed. You know, similarly like us, like jars of clay that must be broken to let the light of Jesus be seen in us and through us. You know, it's not about us, but it's about the treasure that's inside of us. It's not about us, but it's about the treasure inside of us. God performed this victory so that all may see that that it was he who delivered Israel, not Gideon. It was God that did it. In the same way, God made us jars of clay so that the power of the gospel, the treasure inside of us, is supernatural and it's not human. It's God at work in our lives. It's not us. You see, a a vessel's worth comes from what it holds, not from what it is. I say that again, a vessel's worth comes from what it holds, not from what it is. It's God at work, God at work in us. Just a few verses to remind us of this. Romans 5 5 verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Jesus at work in our lives. Another couple of verses, Ephesians 2 Verses 4 and 5, it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our sins, our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Jesus, God at work in our lives for his glory. And so Paul, again, writing in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. It's from God, not from us. Why does Paul give us this picture of treasure in fragile jars of clay? Those jars of clay, I believe, represent ordinary people. It's who we are, just ordinary people. But to show that this extraordinary power is from God. God at work in us, taking the ordinary and turning it into something extraordinary. I love how the message puts it in 2 Corinthians 4. Verses 7 and 8, it says, We carry this precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. (laughs) I love how the message puts that. We're nothing much to look at. But you know, God chooses you and me to carry this treasure. I love that. God chooses you and me to carry this treasure. Why would God do such a thing? You know, here is the treasure of the universe, the most precious thing, the treasure that saves us, the glory of God. Surely you'd put it somewhere safe. You'd lock it away somewhere safe. You know, put a guard around it. You'd make it beautiful. You know, you'd have it uh, in a beautiful case so that people would know what to expect. This thing of beauty. You know, you put it in some most ornate golden jeweled box. Maybe it should be, have its own building. Such a treasure would be placed in something more prestigious, prestigious than Solomon's temple. 
But God chooses to put his treasure in you and me. He chooses us to carry that treasure for safekeeping, for safe transport. This doesn't seem to make sense to us. You know, we would have done it differently, I'm sure. Perhaps we would have used more superior people to ourselves. We'd have used eloquent speakers from good and well-educated backgrounds. The naturally gifted, you know, the charismatic people. Those who have power and prestige. But you know, it would never work like, just like that. God placed his incredible treasure in frail human beings. You know what? God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. He's trusted us with the most incredible treasure, so precious to him and to us. God knows what he's doing. I'm going to read an earlier uh, letter from Paul to the Corinthians as the band want to come back. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 31, which really highlights this, that God has chosen us. This is what Paul wrote. He said, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. And God wants to take these earthy, chipped vessels, jars of clay, to carry this treasure of the good news of Jesus his love and grace that transforms our lives, to carry it, to display it, to share it with the world where God has placed us and to see other lives being saved and transformed. You know, incredibly, our weakness serves to enhance the message we bring, not detract from it. If God can save me, he can save anyone. If God can save you, he can save anyone. That's the message. That's our story today. We're just ordinary clay pots, but there is a vast treasure inside of us. The pot has nothing to do with the miracle of life inside it. The pot is just a vessel. We're just vessels, ordinary on the outside, but rich on the inside. Maybe you're feeling fragile today. Maybe you're feeling breakable today. Maybe you're feeling weak. The good news that is our frailty, our weakness, our ordinary lives are just the start for God to show himself strong in us. It's where God wants to take us. It's where God wants to place us on this journey of knowing him. He takes our frailty. He takes our weakness. He places his glory inside of us so that we might shine for him. And Paul writes this, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. His power is perfected in our weakness. In our weakness, the more the world will know that what holds us together is not of us, but of God. It's Him. This is all from Him. It's all for Him. I'm ordinary on the outside, but I hold something extraordinary on the inside. You know, there is a vast treasure in our ordinary and broken jars of clay. I love that God takes pride 
in using broken vessels. Ordinary people like you, like me. And it's because of his amazing grace that our eyes are open to the fact that he wants to use us to do what only he can do so that people will see him. I want you to know this grace today, this amazing grace. You know, it's as much for you as it is for anybody. When Jesus died upon a cross, that it was to give you freedom as much as it was for anyone else. Another part of that song that I mentioned at the beginning says this, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Let's pray together. Why don't we stand? Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for what you've done in our lives, Lord. I'm praying right now for every person in this room, people watching online, that they might see your light just coming into their lives today, that your power at work in them can transform them. Father, that that light may shine in them and through them, that it can, Father, just speak into their world, Lord, that can speak into their situation, transforming them, but also transforming the lives of those around us. I thank you that you take us as weak, broken vessels, Lord. You place your treasure inside of us for your glory and for other people to know you today. That's our prayer. That's my prayer this morning.